RNZ News at midday. Good afternoon. I'm Nicola Wright. At least 10 people have been killed and 15 injured in a stabbing attack in the Canadian province of Saskatchewan. Local police say they're searching for two male suspects over a large area and are urging people to consider staying indoors. The province's assistant commissioner, Rhonda Blackmore, says the attacks happened at several locations and officers are investigating more than a dozen crime scenes. Let me be clear. We are still looking for the two suspects. We are asking residents across Saskatchewan and our neighbouring provinces to be vigilant. At this stage in our investigation, we believe some of the victims have been targeted by the suspect and others have been attacked randomly. Canada police say there may be more injured people who have taken themselves to hospital. A gambling support service believes a bigger reduction of lotto outlets is needed in some areas. An RNZ investigation has revealed nearly 70% of lotto shop sales are made in the poorest half of communities. Lotto has set a target of reducing stores in areas of high deprivation by the end of the year. PGF Services spokesperson Andre Frude says people are often spending more than they can afford. You only need to look at some of these outlets when there's a big jackpot to see that people will be queuing up to, to buy a lotto ticket. Andre Frude says more research is needed to investigate how much harm lotto purchases have on the community. Five retailers have been targeted by thieves in another night of burglaries in Auckland. Mohamed Alafeshet has the details. A toy store in Mount Albert was broken into last night. And just before midnight, police were called to a break-in at an Indian takeaway shop in Flatbush. A person has been arrested following that incident. Later in the night, police responded to another burglary at a retail store in Titirangi. At about 3 in the morning, police responded to another incident at the Mad Butcher in Mount Roscoe. Shortly after 4 this morning, police were called to a Michael Hill store in Pukekohe after a window had been smashed. It is the third time the Pukekohe store had been targeted recently. The government says its refugee quota program is back to full capacity after two years of COVID border closures. It's pledging to resettle the full quota of 1,500 refugees every year. Our political reporter Giles Dexter has more. Immigration Minister Michael Wood says 200 places will be allocated to Syrian refugees in Iraq, Jordan and Lebanon. There will also be 200 places specifically for Afghan refugees as a result of last year's takeover by the Taliban. The government's also opened up one part of what it's calling its immigration rebalance. From today, eligible skilled migrants in designated roles will be able to apply for residence immediately. The green list roles are in sectors like engineering, construction and IT. Warm temperatures last month meant New Zealand recorded its second hottest August ever. Weather researchers at Niwa say the temperature was 1.5 degrees above average. There was also extreme wet weather in August, with the bursting of the banks of the Maitai River in Nelson, labelled a 1 in 120 year rain event. Wellington had its warmest and wettest August since 1928. Heavy snows forecast for parts of the North Island later today. A Met Service meteorologist, John Law, says there have been some snow showers to low levels in Otago, Southland and Canterbury this morning, but he says the heaviest snow will fall overnight in the North Island's eastern ranges. It's mainly above about 400 metres or so, or the heaviest snow above about 800 metres, but what we are going to find 
is that's enough to impact the roads. Places like that Napier Topo Road and also the Central Plateau, so that desert road. Worth bearing in mind if you're planning to head across overnight tonight, Monday, into also those early hours of Tuesday morning. John Law says people should check road conditions and the latest forecast before travelling. Officials remain confident New Zealand can eradicate Mycoplasma bovis despite a third property testing positive. Work to eradicate the cattle disease began five years ago, and in May there was just one infected property left. But a second tested positive in June, and now another in mid-Canterbury has the disease. Simon Andrew from the Ministry for Primary Industries says the new infected property was found during routine testing. We are four years into a 10-year eradication journey. The number of confirmed properties that we are identifying is decreasing uh, over time. At the same time as increasing the level of surveillance that we're undertaking. Simon Andrew says genomic testing is underway now to establish how that property became infected. Authorities in flood-hit Pakistan have breached the country's largest freshwater lake. It will displace up to 100,000 people from their homes, but save more densely populated areas from rising flood water. Record monsoon rains and melting glaciers in Pakistan's northern mountains have brought floods that have affected 33 million people and killed at least 1,290, including 453 children. The inundation blamed on climate change is still spreading. Manchar Lake, which is used for water storage, had already reached dangerous levels. It's five minutes past 12. The Crown is giving its closing statements in a trial over political donations, telling the court these need to be transparent. It's the seventh week of the trial in the High Court in Auckland in which seven people are on trial. The Crown alleges three donations to the National and Labour parties were split into smaller amounts to avoid triggering the $15,000 disclosure limit. Crown lawyer Paul Wicks says such donations should be transparent so the public can scrutinise the role of donors. For questions to be put to parties about influence, relationships and other issues. And the Crown says that underlying each charge faced by the defendants was the subversion and manipulation of the public process of political party donations. The accused include former MP Jamie Lee Ross. The defendants deny all the charges. Thousands of vessels from South Korea and China have been ordered to return to port and more than 100 flights have been cancelled in Japan as the strongest global storm this year reaches the East China Sea. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. NASA's Earth Observatory says that Typhoon Hinamner is the first Category 5 storm of the year, adding that unusually warm sea temperatures in the region could give it added strength. On Japan's southern Okinawa Islands, residents were evacuated from their homes. The authorities warned the entire country could expect torrential rain with the risk of flooding and landslides. Cautions are being issued across the region. In South Korea, forecasters said the storm could be the worst the country had ever seen, while in North Korea, officials ordered farmers to do what they could to protect their crops. A former Gloria Vale resident has told a court there was a culture of bullying and mocking at the Christian community where the leaders had absolute power and control. Virginia Courage told an employment court hearing that people were forced to sleep on the floor and she was mocked for the way she looked when she was pregnant. When her younger sister died in an isolation room, she says one of the leaders was still carrying the pin that locked and unlocked the door four hours later. And I had to go and ask him, could he please put the pin back in the door because we were there with 
the rescue teams, with the ambulance, with the police, and everyone kept getting locked in the room. I would call that complete control and power. Virginia Courage says her niece wondered if Gloria Vale's overseeing shepherd was trying to kill her because she had to work so hard. Two people accused of being Palestinian collaborators for Israel have been executed in Gaza by Hamas. It's the first time in more than five years the organisation has hanged people for collaboration. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. Five executions were carried out at dawn in Gaza by hanging or firing squad. Three of those executed were charged with murder, but the two others were accused of spying for Israel. One was found guilty of providing information on the location of the homes of Hamas fighters and rocket launch pads, while the other was accused of supplying intelligence to Israel that resulted in what Hamas described as the martyrdom of citizens. The last such executions were carried out in public in 2017. Former Olympic bronze medalist Rod Dixon says he felt he was running with the memory of the 11 Israeli athletes killed at the 1972 Munich Olympics. Today it is 50 years since a Palestinian terrorist group took Israeli team members hostage. 11 of them were killed. The games were suspended for 34 hours following the massacre, but with the support of Israel they then resumed, allowing Dixon to claim bronze on the track in the 1500 metres. The games must go on in the memory and respect to those athletes who have been killed. And we New Zealanders, we we all felt this was much more positive that now we were out there in their memory. The New Zealand team was housed next to the Israelis at the Olympic Village. That's the news.